When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Buck Off Podcast with Lane Grant. Hosted by Christopher Rennie and joined by Jordan Williams. Welcome everybody, this is Christopher Rennie bringing another episode of the Buck Off Podcast on the Land Grant Podcast Network, and I am joined, as always, by Jordan Williams, Charlotte, North Carolina, this week. How's it going? How's it treating you, Jordan? Uh, it's good. I'm exhausted. Helping a friend move, I put together a ridiculous amount of furniture in one day, but... Uh, it's a good break to get to talk about some Buckeye football. Yeah, it's always the best uh, excuse to get away from things. Um, talk about Ohio State football, you're good. Um, yeah, moving sucks. As you know, I'm moving next week. Um, location pending for the audience, but I know where it's going to be. Um, it's really the worst. I, you said you were building a lot of furniture. I, like, I feel like you know as you get older you tend to start moving your furniture full so like as you keep collecting furniture it gets better but man i I remember moving the first time out of college and just having to build ikea furniture for basically four or five hours yeah it's literally the worst um my friends I, i like they're moving across state and so it's like it was easier for them to buy new furniture than it was to try to move everything. So they only took the, the um, like the important stuff. And so we put some in my car and some in their car and then everything else just got shipped there. So like the building sucks, but the moving was much better. Yeah. Because you just really had to wait for the majority of it to get to the door. So it's like, there's pros and cons to all of it, but yeah. I have a drill and a lot of this furniture, you're not supposed to use the drill, but if you know how to do it and you're not going to like strip bolts and stuff. So it hasn't been as bad. Like I like, I like we've gotten through so much stuff because I was used to drill. If I wasn't, Oh my God, like this would be like a three, four day job. Yeah, absolutely. It is funny that they always say, like, no drill on this. Use, like, the very specific tool we give you, and you just throw the drill in, and then it expedites the process significantly. It's, it's yeah. really... It's I think they thing. have to tell you that, because people who don't know what they're doing with the drill will use it, and they'll strip everything, and then yeah. they'll be like, they'll try to sue and be like, you didn't say I couldn't use a drill. And so they tell you, so then if you mess it up, it's like, we told you not to use a drill. We gave you the very specific tool that would work for everything, even though it's going to take you an hour and a half extra to do it because you have one tool and you have to manually do it. Yeah, it's it's really the one tool is definitely liability insurance. But I'm with you. You don't you don't need liability when you know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I will say this. I know we 
we have our Tommy train. I, this, this podcast, it's officially a, uh, chip train and podcast. Uh, for those who don't know, that is Ohio state's running back. Um, I wrote an article about him a few weeks ago, and then I wake up this morning with like significantly more notifications on it. And, you know, it's very similar to some articles we've written in the past that were favorable and then uh, respected by the person, the subject of the article. And now uh, they will have propaganda for the rest of their career at Ohio State. Yeah, uh, Tommy, I don't think is on social media, so like I don't ever get that benefit. But uh, it's it's great when like you write something, and it's not even like you know we don't get paid really for this, so like we're not like doing puff pieces. It's just genuinely how we feel, and it's nice when. And I'm sure they like it because as we were kind of talking about pre-show, there's a lot of people who only tweet negatively at people. So when someone takes the time to you know big up them and, and say some positive things, I'm, I'm sure that they really enjoy. Yeah, so. yeah, 100%. But yeah, you know what? Uh, I've been on the Chip Trainum train since before. You know, when people were questioning why he was playing so much against Michigan, even though he averaged like six yards per carry and led the team rushing. Um, I was there batting for him. Um, the dude's a freak athlete. There's not a lot of guys like him. Uh, we're locked in. He's uh, he's our guy now. Well, he's at least my guy on the show. Um, but he will be the difference between... Ohio State having a good running back room and Ohio State having the best running back room in the country. Because two is yeah. great, three best in the country. And if you get Evan Pryor healthy, you already know Dallin Hayden can provide something. Um, but if you have five backs, you could literally damage a team any given time. Um, I, I just don't think a lot of teams have that. And when we look at the injuries last year, I think that opened the door to having the best room in the country this year. And, you know, for however many reasons, new quarterback, uh, new starters on the offensive line, it's going to be incredibly important to establish the run this year. So, Chip Trainum, yeah, this is- I'm selling it. A lot of people think that we hate Urban Meyer on this podcast because we have some negative things to say about him as a person. But this is an Urban Meyer year. Like this, like Urban Meyer would thrive in this year with like him as a coach and Ryan Day as offensive coordinator because Urban Meyer liked to run the ball. And so like this would be the year that we'd have like 2,000 yard rushers, which is very much capable with uh, the two running backs that we have that's going to start. Even if it's Chip, which is probably not going to be, but you know, Chip's going to get a lot of carries. But even with, um, Mayan in with Trey. This would be the year that we'd have. Uh, when did we have? Did we have two thousand yard rushers? One of those seasons was it? Um, I think the it kid from Mike. the kid from Detroit and uh, J.K. Michael J.K. Weber. Steve. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like it'd be like that. We'd have like a thousand yards and you know like three thousand yards passing, which is trash for an Ohio State quarterback, like twenty eight hundred or something crazy, and we would win like that. But. Um, Ryan Day's not going to do it, even though he should probably consider it because we have, I mean, the running, like you said, the running back room is nuts. Like, if Chip is your third guy, which there's a really good chance that he's probably going to be the third guy, and Evan Pryor's your fourth, that definitely doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Chip was a starter. He started at UCLA, right? No, Arizona State. But yeah, he started at running back. He. Yeah, a Division one program, so. Yeah, like. He's legitimate. I mean, there is he's such a good athlete. They tried him at linebacker. Um, we saw Knowles doesn't really didn't really trust rotating last year. I think everyone would like to see a few more bodies so there's not as much fatigue at the end of the year. But it, it's gonna be one of those things where um 
you can't bet. And this is something I think we learned with the corner position last year. You you need to have two ready and like what's it? Uh, it's like the old royal saying: you need the air and the spare, right? In in college football with running backs with positions like cornerback, you need the air, the second air, and then a spare because you really just need to have that insurance ready to go for the worst case scenario. Because last year we were very much at the corner position, especially. Um, in that doomsday scenario and running back was for a few games in that doomsday scenario where there was no Henderson, there was no Williams. So it, it really is just like Tony Alford has been saying all off season. You want to have all five of these guys ready to play significant snaps. I mean, it doesn't mean all those guys are going to get significant snaps, but that's just what you need from a room in today's world. Yeah, and I mean, like, I mean, last year showed why, right? And this is not like a theory anymore. There's literal proof that they need to do this based on last year. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, Chip Trainum podcast. Um, other topic I wanted to discuss before we get into the more recruiting heavy show, the newsy show. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this one might be a long show. It might be a short show. It depends on how much debate we have going forward. But college visits, honestly, at this point are meaningless, especially for the top recruits in the country. Um, For you guys listening, I know over the past years, um, up until that new change where schools are allowed to pay for recruits to come to one official visit, there's not a limit for that recruit to just pick five schools. The official visits list Um, used to mean something. When there was five schools you could take a visit to, that was an incredibly important decision. Now, you could tour the country over the summer in June on the dime of the colleges. So, And why wouldn't you? I'm taking all the trips. One week I'm going West Coast. I'm going USC, UCLA, Utah. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to Arizona State or Arizona, which everyone has a really beautiful campus. And the next week I'm going Midwest and the next week I'm going Dirty South and the next week I'm going East Coast. And I'm really only considering like three of the teams that I went to, but I'm going. It's like, and this is the thing I'll add because Jeremiah Smith's the reason this comes up. Every single time he visits another school, people are like, oh no, he's taking a visit. I don't like, you know, and it's like, I totally understand it. You know, we're, trained where we've been expected to think this like oh man he's at an official let's get a little nervous but there is a legitimate aspect to his recruitment where he is just taking trips like it's like why like you said why wouldn't you take it to every region you'd see all those places you'd want to see you'd go take all these campuses in and then boom you make a decision but jeremiah smith said like a year ago as long as brian hartland and ryan day are at ohio state I'm a Buckeye. So every time something Ohio State happens, Jeremiah Smith tweeted about it. Um, this is not to say that that recruitment can't change. Anything's possible. But I'm just here to say that oh, college visits are meaningless at this point to anyone but the players taking those visits. Yeah. And again, <laughs> why wouldn't you? I mean, like, you should use all five, right? I mean, no matter what, you should always use all five. Yeah. Even if you know after the first one, especially just like some of the background, these kids traveling to different places, and you should want to know for sure, right? Like, because that's the thing with the transfer portal and stuff like that. Like, me, me personally, 
with the transfer portal, I want them to take all five or 10 or 15 because if they go and they see all these schools and they still pick Ohio State or your school, whatever school that is, you know that they did their due diligence. And so when they when they when Alabama calls them because they didn't start as a freshman, which is hilarious because they wouldn't start at Alabama as a freshman in most cases, they can say, no, I visited Alabama. I'm good. Now, there is a downside to that because, like, no, yeah, I visited Alabama, so I know the coaches, and so maybe you jump in the portal. But I think that there's something about, you know, dating around, meeting everyone, and then still choosing. It's like, okay, no, no, I know for a fact that this is where I want to be versus going to one visit, committing, and then just being like, man, I don't know what's out there. Like, I don't know if that's really where I should be at, you know? And and maybe that's just me, but, like, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I think – you have the the standard set, right? Like, I still think it's similar to um, like Brett Venables is continuing on with the Davos Sweeney no visit rules. I think that's going to hurt programs now. But I guess like if you know a guy and it, it's a culture fit, that's that's going to work for your culture. Um, Ohio State's very much put their life out there. They're like, hey, yeah, go for it. Whatever you want. We know what we can offer. We know it's the best for your position. Like we have the recent success. Like this coach has developed multiple first round picks. So like go find someone who's done better. And that's even what Jeremiah Smith said. He's like, I'm locked in at Ohio State unless someone shows me something special. And I don't know about you, Jordan, but I'm looking around the rest of the country and I might sound like a Homer radio host here, but uh, is there a place? Is there really one place specifically that can guarantee if you get on the field, you're probably going to end up a first round pick? No. I mean, like the only other place that would be close to it would be Bama. And yeah, Bama. But like, the C comes to mind a little bit. No, USC wide receivers always. Well, you okay? USC gets you in the league. Their wide receivers are always iffy. Yeah, and I hate that because I have Michael Pittman on my team, and I need him to be better. I don't like they get you there, but like I think the best play. If you look at the best wide receivers in the league right now, the best young wide receivers, it's LSU, it's Alabama, it's Georgia. Sorry, not Georgia. Georgia doesn't believe in wide receivers. LSU, Alabama, and uh, Ohio State. So, I mean, if you're going to one of those places, maybe. But I don't think any of those places have the positive momentum that Ohio State has and that it's going to continue. Like, there's no one on on Alabama's roster right now that's going to be a first-rounder. There's no one on LSU's roster that's going to be a first-rounder. So they had it for a time period. And I'm also pretty sure LSU's wide receiver coach is at Nebraska right now or was at Nebraska. It was Mickey Joseph. Uh, Was he the wide receiver? He was the wide receiver's coach? Yeah. Oh, well, he's nowhere. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, if it's one of those two, Alabama, LSU, maybe. Because you can look at Jamar Chase. You can look at T. Higgins. You can look at Devontae Smith. You can look at um, yeah, uh, and some of the other guys. had the conversation but, about Clemson last week where they had, like, Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins. They had, like, a five- or six-year run of just awesome wide receivers that Davos Weenie stocked up before he was the head coach. And then out of nowhere, like their last receiver, Joseph Ngata, I'm pretty sure ended up 
not getting drafted. Um, they had Justin Ross, who probably would have had he not had the serious health issues. Um, so that's just kind of a wash there. But since Justin Ross was a freshman, they haven't really had that top end receiver. So, it, and I think that's why, like you know, as Ohio State fans, you cherish Brian Hartline, and that's a conversation for a different day. But really, really, like I, I think when you talk about visits, Jeremiah Smith's like this the biggest lightning rod of this right now. Um, there are tons of recruits who are going to be taking tons of visits. Um, yes, you're going to hear responses. It's like everyone who visited Ohio State last weekend was like, this visit at Ohio State, 10 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10. It was perfect. It was great school. I, I bet half those guys end up somewhere else. And that's not anything to do, but like, if you're an elite recruit, why wouldn't you see what, check it out, see what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, it, it's. <laughs> People are going to have their feelings about it. This is one of the things that I think you should get used to. And, and I always like to equate it to real life, right? If you, as an adult, at 22, 25, 30, 45, 50, however old you are listening to this, if your job or anyone said, hey, if you come visit us, free vacation, free weekend trip, whatever, are you telling me you're not going to go? You're telling me you're just going to go to one? Like, I know a lot of people, and there are probably some people who are, I don't want to say old, but like a little older as in like more established, who go to places and on vacation, they go and sit down with those people for an hour or two or three about timeshares because they get a free ticket to Disney World or they get a free ticket to SeaWorld or some things like that. If someone's offering you something free, then all you got to do is listen to them. A lot of times you're going to do it, right? Like my parents used to do it all the time. Like they, they had timeshares. We're never going to buy another one. And so, but every time they went to Florida, every time we went to Florida, despite the fact that they already had a timeshare and was not interested in buying another one, they would always go and sit for that hour to however long it was and get wined and dined, get their breakfast, ride on the golf cart, all that other kind of stuff, because it was an hour or two on vacation to get free dinner, free dinner, free movie tickets, tickets to Disneyland World, or whatever was going on <coughs> to make it cheap. That's what they're doing. And maybe, maybe, maybe they decide to buy the timeshare. But like, how many did they listen to before they did that? So, just yeah, I mean, like, sometimes you just gotta think about this in real life. Like, would you not take the free vacation? If you would, that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's just it's like similar to the transfer portal. Every spring, you're gonna see that. Every June, you're gonna see a bunch of kids taking a bunch of different visits to different colleges. Like. This is the new college football. It's just like every single summer when the clock gets slow and the days get longer and there's less college football to talk about, boom, let's talk about dream realignment stories. This is just kind of the era, and it's been changing every single year so fast. And I think once these final fifth, sixth-year guys, these final super seniors get done, we'll finally have some normalcy to truly understand the new college football calendar. But – this is always going to be a part of it. Official visits are a meaningless drill now. It's an opportunity for schools to give, like you said, the timeshare sales pitch, like, hey, you come here. And in all honesty, we know that if a player enters a school and a program now and they're unhappy, they could leave after a year anyway. So um, there is a risk you run um, from taking in a recruit now. And there's also 
uh, guys going on a million visits. So it's like, just relax a little bit. That's what I've been telling myself. This isn't as crazy as it seems. Uh, players are taking visits. We've got to learn to live with it. Um, but yeah, next on the list, um, what do we got? Ohio State lands their 2025 quarterback. And, you know, it's Tavian St. Clair from Bell Fountain, Ohio. I uh, nailed that there. Um, he's good. I like him. Um, his recruiting ranking is what it is. Um, like we've talked about previously and for a long time, um, when it comes to Ohio State quarterbacks, I trust Ryan Day, Corey Dennis, Brian Hartline, the offensive staff's evaluation significantly more than I trust the recruiting services. Um, so I, I think when you look at St. Clair, we've talked about the Ryan Day profile, looking at what 24-7 sports has. Um, 245th nationally, he's 6'3 and a half, he weighs 210 pounds. Um, Mike Farrell, old rival sports guy. He's like, oh, look at him, get ready to take a jump. Tavian St. Clair's been killing it on the camp circuit. He is going to get a jump. It's not because he got an Ohio State. Like, you get you jump when you get the offer. You don't jump when you commit. And that's really where St. Clair is. So I think Ohio State is set in the 2025 class. I think when you look at the rest of the quarterbacks, um, 2025 is not a class with a bunch of runaway talents in front of them. Um, this is going to be a very, very um, – this class is going to move quite a bit, if we're being honest. Um, there's going to be a lot of movement with these quarterbacks until the final one, um, to the final rankings. So I think with St. Clair, uh, you've got a really talented quarterback. You've got a guy who fits the physical profile. He's built like Devin Brown. He's built like Kyle McCord. He's built like those guys a little bit more athletic, has a baseball background, pitcher, shortstop type of guy. Um, he brings brings a ton of talent to the group. So I, I think uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on Ohio State getting Mr. St. Clair's commitment in the 2025 class. And, yeah, what, what do you think about that? Um, honestly, I don't have much of an opinion on it overall because, like, I just I trust them to have good quarterbacks. Um, but it kind of makes sense as far as like where they said the like where it was going. I haven't. Yeah, so it's like I haven't watched the film on them to be able to like you know confidently say this is why you picked this one over this one, you know, obviously trusting Ohio state, but, um, I think that ultimately you do just have to kind of trust Ryan day. It's really weird. It's kind of unfortunate in my opinion, because we haven't had a good quarterback in Ohio in a long time. And then the two who are worth the Ohio state offer are both in the same class. So, uh, maybe maybe not the, the best answer. Maybe I'm a little unprepared. I do kind of want to look into him a little bit more. But I will say that it does make sense into in, in the sense of, like, that's where kind of like if you read the tea leaves, you were kind of seeing it and you were kind of hearing more about him. But since I didn't get to go to the camps this year and I haven't really had a chance to, like, study them, see them in person, I don't really know. Especially because, like, it's funny, like, I tweeted it. I was like, they're the same mold. Like, when you looked at them, 
when you looked at them next to each other, they looked like the same exact size. And I'm, I'm sure that their weight may have been off by like a couple of pounds, but they looked like the same quarterback, obviously, aside that one is white and one is black. That's obviously you can see that when you look at them. But as far as like build, height, mold, things like that, um, watching some of the clips um, at the camp, um, Tavian looked a little smoother, but he could have had a good day and Ryan could have had a bad day. So obviously it wasn't just that performance at the camp that did it. So I, I can't say I'm surprised. I just say that I trust that Ryan Day made the right decision. And I really hope that it's unlikely you get both that I would obviously be preferred, but I hope that Ryan goes to like Alabama or something like that. I hope he, he doesn't go the Drew Allen route and is like, I'm going to go to Michigan State or I'm going to go to Penn State or I'm going to go to Michigan so I can play Ohio state and like because he probably is good it's just whatever that whatever the little you know the game of inches whatever it was that separated Tavian it's just that's the way that it went so um I mean yeah I mean you take it for what it is I guess yeah I will say Tavian did look really smooth today in all the clips I was seeing out of the camp um he's got he's able he's got the like arm angle thing down he looks sharp his balls are well placed um, he's smooth. The ball jumps out of his hand, and this is like this might be like a little bit getting into conspiracy theorist stuff. But uh, I, I remember a few years back, or not a few, like a year ago, when Ohio State wasn't really recruiting Drew Aller heavy, or however long ago that was. And I saw his quarterback coach, right? And funny story about that is Ryan Montgomery goes to that same quarterback coach because. He's a Northern Ohio guy. Um, I, I'm just curious to think about that. Like, is it the style of the coaching? Is it the style of quarterback? You know, what separates them? Um, because you look at the recruiting rankings, you look at the composite, it is very much um, right close. Like, St. Clair's 245, uh, Montgomery's 227 um, in the national ranking. So it's like, um, what do you? What's the difference between AT rankings? Really, nothing in the grand scheme of things. But I, I just am intrigued by all the surrounding aspects of quarterbacks because it, it's really it's a decision. And I think when you have a quarterback getting trained, and you say it more than anyone, Drew Waller was an hour, two hours away from Ohio State's campus. If Ohio State really wanted him, they would have built that relationship. They would have landed him. Yeah, I mean, he'd have been a Buckeye for sure. I think, and, and I want to be careful here because I'm not saying that I know this because I don't. I think when it comes to this, it's the intangibles, right? It's who do they think is further along mentally? It's who do they think has the better leadership qualities, maybe who vibes with the team better, who vibes with the coaches better, um, who they think can pick up the offense better, and, 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 and the ability to make all the throws. It's really the things that, like, the average fan – and even maybe even the above average fan who really, really knows football, if you're not a quarterback evaluator, I'm not sure that you would pick it up. And so I, and that, and I'm saying that because there's really not much that separates them, especially to take the commitment and not let the pseudo battle go into their senior year. To be comfortable taking it now, the only thing that I can think of is that there's something 
intangible wise that they feel whether it's throwing angle they don't have to fix the throwing motion it's the ability to read the field the mental ability like there's something kind of I think in the nitty gritty because I, I, I like he was Ryan Montgomery was the first quarterback to get an offer and I don't think that was just lip service to his brother I do think that they wanted him yeah. But they looked at other ones and whatever kind of uh, that little bit in the details, that's kind of what did it. So. Yeah, and it's definitely like we know that recruiting doesn't end in June, especially in the 2025 class when that's a year ahead. Um, I'm intrigued because, and this is kind of the last question I have in this section um, before we get to our next thing. Um, Ohio State, they have Kyle McCord, they have Devin Brown, they have Lincoln Keenels, and that's three quarterbacks, right? Um, Tristan Jebby has gone no matter what. If Kyle McCord has a great year next year um, as a starter quarterback, he could potentially be one and done. And that would leave you with Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholes, and no other quarterbacks in the room. In my eyes, that signals 2025 might be a year Ryan Day doubles down and takes two quarterbacks. I can definitely see it. I don't know if Ryan's going to be the guy. You would you would hope that. But so having two guys in Ohio helps because you get the Ohio kid and then you can go get someone else from across the country, right? We've had multiple two two quarterback classes. It'd be great if you get both of the yeah, right. Yeah, it, it would be it would be, you know, good, obviously, if you could get both of the guys from Ohio. But I do think having good quarterbacks in Ohio helps your case of getting to because it does allow you to go for someone out of state and whatever. And not saying he's not good, but that you could do that. Hey, like, you're the you're 15th best player in the country. This kid's 230. He's not real competition for you. If you need to hype the kid up like that, right, to get someone to commit in a two-quarterback class, right? Like, you're the priority. You're the higher-rated guy, whatever. You can say all of those things if you want to. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes two because they really haven't had the room that they've wanted in a while as far as how many scholarship quarterbacks Ryan Day says that he wants. And I believe he said four or five. I think it was definitely four. I will just say this. And rest in peace to Dwayne. This has nothing to do with why. I don't think there have not been a lot of one-and-done quarterbacks who've been successful, and I hope that he learns from Dwayne and he stays another year because I think that Dwayne could have been really good in the league if two things happened. One, I do think he needed to stay another year, and two, he needed to not be drafted by the team that drafted him. With the owner and the coaches and all the stuff there, I don't think they ever gave him a fair shot, and then they got a new... Um, coach who didn't draft him, who didn't want him because you can't tell me Dwayne's not better than Sam Howe, who they're about to start now. But that coaching staff just didn't want him and obviously rest in peace life into tragically. But I, I don't think that the one and done is a good idea and I hope that he kind of sees that like Dwayne had some struggles in the league. Some of it due to him, some of it due not to him but he would have been better prepared if he had the two full years as a starter to kind of answer the questions that come with it. But, I mean, he is an older guy. He's waited his turn. So if he leaves, he leaves, right? He does have that ability. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that plays into kind of the question when it comes to roster management at quarterback. If you have the room to take additional bodies at the position and you have two guys who are willing to stick it out and play with those additional bodies, uh, that is a real 
Um, that's a real advantage, honestly. I, I think you'd think even back to Jack Miller, C.J. Stroud, that was a huge advantage for Ryan Day to have three quarterbacks who were incredibly talented, all Elite 11 guys um, come through the program at the same time to follow Justin Fields. Because like you said, at that time with Justin Fields, the quarterback room was not anywhere near where Ryan Day would have wanted it. It was not up to his standards. That's why the first year at Ohio State, Ryan Day as the head coach, he had Justin Fields, Chris Chuganov, and Gunnar Hope. That is not a room that many coaches dream about having pre-Justin Fields, but post-Justin Fields, it ended up okay. The next year, you had a great room, and that's just, I mean, that's what it is. Um, that's the math you have to do as a coach now, and that's completely avoiding any questions about transfers because, you know, yeah, Devin Brown said his chips are all in. He wants to gamble now. Um, you don't know how happy that's going to be in six months, especially if Kyle McCord chooses to stay another year. You just don't know how each room plays out, and it's something we've talked about on the show before. He's just got to hedge his bets as much as he can at the quarterback position because the reason you have so many consecutive great quarterbacks is because he didn't rest on the laurels. Like, think about it. If Ryan Day just said, hey, we're good with Jack Miller, and this is no hate to Jack Miller, I hope he wins the Florida job, um, C.J. Stroud doesn't happen at Ohio State. And that's the situation you're in, and that's the situation you could potentially have in 2025 where you just need to get another guy for depth. And, hey, maybe someone at the end of a recruitment really starts vibing with Ryan Day. That's a real possibility. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and that's – I, I 100% agree. I know me and you, we agree on this and that that is a reason that you take a quarterback every year. Like, I know some don't, right? I know, like, Dabo and and, and, and we'll hey, save Dabo and just took two. started doing it. Lincoln Riley, because I don't think he has one in last year's class, or he doesn't have one in this year's. Either way, he doesn't have one in this year's class because most of the top quarterbacks are committed and he didn't have one at the Elite 11. So I think he's skipping a class for Malachi Nelson. So, like, there's a lot of guys who, like, you're my quarterback, I'm going to skip a class, give you your time, no competition, whatever. I just don't think that's a smart way to do it. And this is why, because you never know what happens, and especially with the transfer portal and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see him taking two. You don't know if Kyle McCord is going to leave or if he's going to stay. And so you always have to have a guy in the room every year. And some years you have to have two because you need certain numbers. So, yeah, without a doubt. I think um, quarterback position is different. It always is. Um, there's one that gets on the field and he's not coming off um, under any circumstance besides injury. Um, so it is hard to be like that when you've got a top 300 recruit in the country who has a ton of offers. It's hard to convince him to come in and compete. But that's really what you're looking for in the type of player you want coming into Iowa State. It's like um, it's a conversation we had with Dylan Rayola. Okay, sounds good. Uh, but yeah, Dylan Rayola, when Lincoln Keyholes chose to, I get that uh, when Lincoln Keyholes chose to commit, um, it seemed to make Dylan Rayola pretty unhappy, and he decommitted like a few days later. And now. You know, it's not to say that you need um, 
to worry about that every time you get a quarterback in the following class. But it really just showed the difference between Lincoln Keynells, who's like, oh, yeah, there's this kid in the class behind me who's the number one football player in the country. Yeah, no, I'm st- I still want to go to Ohio State. That's still where I want to be. That's still where I want to play football. Um, versus like Dylan Rayola, you guys said I was the guy. Why are you bringing in someone else before me? And that that's just kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, Dylan looks great, I'm sure. But I I have an old school mentality in that, like, if you don't want to compete and you want things handed to you, I don't want you. So, but and I mean, Dylan could end up being the first pick of the draft, right? Like, it's whatever. But I just think when it comes to recruiting, especially when it comes to quarterback and it comes to a place like Ohio State, guys want to have to, guys have to want to be there and they have to under, like, CJ Stroud talked about it after he left that he, that he, felt um, disrespected with the fact that they got Quinn. But he didn't leave. He just grinded harder and became a great quarterback and became the second pick of the draft. That's what you want, right? You don't have to like that we're bringing someone after you, but if you don't like it so much that you leave, you're not meant to be in this situation because this is a situation full of competition and that's what the Ohio State room is going to be forever under Ryan Day. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, And that's really just kind of the business that is at a national championship program. I mean, especially talking about the quarterback situation, Trevor Lawrence beat out Kelly Bryant, who waited in line for a long period of time to get his role. Um, Tua Tagovailoa took over for Jalen Hurts in the middle of a national championship game because Jalen Hurts wasn't reading the expectations. That is championship mentality, especially at that position. And it's really all a coach can do at this point, especially at Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, you just recruit them and you do everything that you can to help them stay, build a good relationship, NIL, that kind of stuff. And when they leave, you recruit someone else. It's a business. So it's not that it's impersonal. It's just you can't put your career and your winning on the shoulders of 17 and 18 year olds because anything can change. And so that's why it's hard. Like, And then you have the thing with DJ. DJ wasn't good. Would yeah. DJ have been good at Ohio State? Maybe. But Clemson took steps back by not having a guy after DJ. Right. Like, that's yeah. the issue. Quinn. Their backup ended up being a guy that they used to have that wasn't a guy, Hunter Johnson. Right. Right. And like Quinn, I was reading this article about NFL draft quarterbacks. And so they looked at, they took out like play action and they took out RPOs. So they only looked at NFL throws, basically. NFL throws regular, under pressure, and in a couple other situations. And Quinn, of the draft eligible guys for next year, Quinn ranked at the bottom of almost every single category. And yeah. maybe that's a Texas thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe you would have been better under Ryan Day, but you don't know that. And we don't know what it's going to look like now, but if Ohio State would have taken Quinn, CJ transferred, and Quinn just actually ended up not being good, and they didn't have anyone else, they're stuck, right? And Texas brought in Arch, so if Quinn is no longer good, if he, if he fought four, five, six games in, he just didn't get any better, they have Arch because they had someone after him. You yeah. have to keep doing it. You don't want to be like Clemson, but you don't have it anymore. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's that's just really the biggest part of modern football. And you're never 
guaranteed to have somebody, especially with the transfer portal, um, ready to go. So you got to keep stacking up bodies. You got to keep stacking up talent. So as that keeps happening, um, you just got to remember that it is not guaranteed. And that's something we've talked about with Kyle and Devin this year. Um, so I think that's funny that that's worked out. And it's definitely something when you bring up DJ, I like watch him go and kill it in Oregon state's offense. It was incredibly fun last year. Um, and I hope he does that was like, I wasn't trying to disparage him, but he wasn't Trevor. <laughs> they went from Trevor to DJ. Like yeah. there's a difference for sure. Yeah. And obviously DJ showed he had something. He cooked Notre Dame. Like that was real. That did happen. Like there is something there. Um, and that's kind of the gamble. Like even when you take a quarterback and you really like a quarterback, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to fit your system. And it doesn't mean he's going to be the guy that, you know, you chose. And that's really why 2024, there's a guy. That's why in 2025, there's a guy. That's why in 2026, there's going to be a guy. Um, there's always got to be a guy ready to go. And you never know what you're going to get in. Um, but you do know what you can control, and that's continuing to recruit the position aggressively at all times. And Ohio State and Ryan Day have made that very clear that they are going to take a quarterback in every class. So, uh, that is not news. News is they got their guy, David St. Clair. So with that, we're going to go to a quick commercial break here, and we'll come back, and we've got a recruiting game for you guys that you may or may not like, but we'll see you on the flip side. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back in, everybody. This is your host, Christopher Ray. another episode of the Buck Off Podcast on the Land Grant Podcast Network. Uh, we've got Jordan, we're traveling right now, helping out some friends. got me holding it down in Columbus. Um, we talked about quarterbacks. We talked about college official visits being dead um, in terms of meaning something and now we're gonna play a game um buckeye or i guess i said ohio state or the field we're gonna dive into some different recruits where they sit now um and if they will be buckeyes or not this includes some crystal ball information we've got the list of guys in front of us um and i think this game can be really fun because um i don't know jordan's thought on any of these players and I think we get into it. So first player on the list, we're going to go with KJ Bolden out of Georgia. Uh, He's an incredibly talented recruit. Buford, a high school that Ohio State's been really aggressive in right now. Um, 2024 recruit rated his visit this past weekend at Ohio State a 10 out of 10. And if not a 10, a nine and a half, quote unquote. Um, Steve Wolfong's got his crystal ball in for Georgia. He's from Georgia. He's a defensive player. Georgia's known for their defense. Um, am I selling Georgia right now? Potentially. 
But where do you think he ends up, Ohio State or somewhere else? I think he goes to Georgia, especially because they're cheating and they're moving. The, the things that you can do when you're rich, bro, they're moving uh, Dylan Rayola to be the starting quarterback at that team. Uh, you know, RIP to the career of their current starting quarterback because I'm sure. Yeah, I was one. thinking about that the other <laughs> day. I was like, can you just imagine playing high school in B- or football, Pop Warner, all that stuff in Buford, Georgia for however many years? You're ready for it to be your team. You're like, your guys are like buying into you. You're like, yeah, you're going to lead us to state, bro. We all had the like high school football players all had that conversation with whoever ended up being their quarterback. Um, and then out of nowhere, you see a news article pop up on Twitter that the number one player in the country who plays quarterback is coming to your school. That That is that is sad. That Feel bad for the kid in Buford, Georgia. Yeah, so I think he goes to Georgia. They're, they're uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're putting on the, the squeeze on him and, 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 and that school by putting Dylan Rayola down there. So, yeah, I'm, going, I'm not even going to the field. I'm going to Georgia. Like, it's not yeah. going to be anywhere else. It's de- I, I, at this point, if it's not Georgia, it's Ohio State. But I agree. I really do think this is going to be Georgia. It, it's incredibly hard to go into a state and get one of the – best players in that said state. It says here he's the third player in Georgia. I don't want to know who the first two are. Um, if this guy's number three. Oh, Dylan Rayola, I guess now that that kind of that's kind of cheating. That's definitely uh, cheating. <laughs> um, so he's the number two player in Georgia, uh, behind Sammy Brown. Um, Sammy Brown's number one. Yeah, he's the number four ranked recruit in the country according to the top twenty four seven. Um, oh, what about the composite? There's no that, That's what matters most. Yeah, okay, so he's four in the composite. That's what I thought. Okay, so K.J. Bolden's the second best player in the state. So he's the best player in the state. Let's get this real. Uh, he's from Georgia. He's lived in Georgia. He goes to Buford, Georgia, has gone to Buford, Georgia. Dylan Rayola is the best player out of Arizona at best. He played in Texas, too. He's America's player. How does that happen? It's rich. Uh, he was going on. to go to a different school in Arizona, and they're saying, hey, you're not going to be able to play the first five games, so we got to move again. Somehow it doesn't matter in Georgia, I guess, huh? Well, yeah, because if you move states, it's like, oh, yeah, like your dad got a new job. Like, move sure. a new state, start right NFL away. NFL dad who's rich got a new yeah. job. Starting LLC in there with the work. But no, it's just like any if you move out of state you have immediate eligibility. If you move within state you've got to go through like the what's it called? Arbitration? No, not arbitration, but you just basically have to prove that you are moving school districts for academic reasons usually. Or which is interesting because I think private school is <laughs> it's a little different. And he went from public to private. So I was surprised there was an issue. That, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But either way, it's it's one of those things. Like he's going to Georgia, get to Georgia a year early. It's not anything crazy. Um, KJ Bolden's probably going to Georgia with him. And if, but I will say, if Ohio State wins that recruitment, that is the most serious safety recruiting win I think Ohio State's ever had. It's yeah. Von Bell. It's him. And he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to end up being elite. Just winning that recruiting battle would be one of the biggest yeah. wins of all time. Honestly, <laughs> Georgia put their starting quarterback as the quarterback of your team, and he got to recruit you every single day. 
Yeah, and you know, like, it sucks. Like, obviously, football players want to play, but like, if you're telling me, look, are those five games really that important? If you're transferring schools that much, you're gonna let your teammates down. Well, you would have not let them down if you stayed and played the rest of the games. But right. you know, I, I'm just, you know, I'm out. I'm, I, he's talented, but I'm out. Yeah, don't like the the way that this is being handled. Um, Check right. to him. I mean, he can do whatever he wants to, but like, you know. I don't, I'm not in the business of shaming 17-year-olds. I would more be on, the, like, talking about his dad and, 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 like, how they're handling that. But it's it's weird. I'm not I'm not a fan. I'll just leave it at that because he's 17. So yeah. let him do whatever, I guess. Yeah. Especially when you're rich and your parents can just up and afford to just move you to play football somewhere else. 100%. Um, next on the list, we're staying at Buford High School in Georgia. Can you, like, all right, good for this coach, right? He earned this. Um, in a way, um, a lot of good players. Edrick Houston, um, another Georgia guy. Um, he is currently crystal ball to Ohio State. Let's see the guys. Let's see how old they are. 6'18", 23, and 6'11", 23. So I'm not a math wizard, but four days and 11 days is pretty recent. Um, no, I don't care about the confidence interval um, that much, but he scheduled his commitment for... August 22nd, he's got an Alabama visit next. Um, he just visited Ohio State, had a great visit. Um, I think it's really going to be um, Ohio State's battle to lose. I think he's going to end up a Buckeye. Where do you think he's going to go? Same. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Um, what is his athletic background? So we give him this guy a little bit. Uh, his size hasn't been verified, but they say he's around 6'3", 245 pounds. Um, you know, if he's got long arms, 7-foot wingspan, he's got long arms, so that's, that makes up for the less height. Honestly, that might even be better um, to create leverage and stuff. Could likely be deployed in a similar role as a hovering um, kind of pass rusher guy. He's a big four-point stance, three-man front. Uh, guys, guess what Jim Bowles likes to have on his team? The guy who can do that stuff. Um, Edric Houston fits that. Um, he's got a couple other backup plans for that role as well. Um, but I think Houston's the primary target for that. And I think he can still get down four-point stance and play a traditional defensive end with a little bit more size to him. And he's, he's pretty well built, so... I think he fits. I think you get a versatile edge type of player. He can do multiple things. There is value in that, especially when you have a creative defensive coach who can create a plan and develop. Yeah, so let's let's just do the next two together to kind of group the three together because I, I it's really weird, but um, I think they're all going to be Buckeyes, and I don't know how the hell this is happening. Yeah, so next on the list, we got Marquise Lightfoot. Um, if you were to look this guy up three weeks ago, Notre Dame fans would have told you he was their guy. Well, guess what, Marcus Freeman? You're still playing in the Junior League. Kenwood Academy's very own in Chicago. That is Buckeye Town, Chicago. Um, also, um, Ohio is Ohio State is. Coach is Al Washington. <laughs> yeah. So Larry Johnson versus Al Washington. Let's do the math there. Um, had a great visit to Ohio State. Um, the only, honestly, it's not even Notre Dame. I think with him, I think it's probably Miami because 
going from the cold to Miami and getting those uh, life wallet checks is not a bad life. Um, but yeah, I just Ohio State's NIL is up there now. The life wallet guy is going to go bankrupt. And, yeah. And, um, yeah, Larry but, Johnson. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he does, but I don't know. yeah, I think it, it, this once again Ohio State's to lose. Um, not to mention he's he's very much kind of in an area that Ohio State has success when they need to. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna not even just go and say he ends up at Ohio State. I'm gonna lock this one down. Um, he's a Buckeye. Yeah, which makes the next one weird because I have issues saying they're gonna get all three, but yeah. I feel like they are because it's just like a confluence of circumstances. This is another kid in an area that Ohio State is very successful, and he can just hang out with Chase Young all the time. And I don't know how true it is because you know whatever that I don't have access, but I heard that they brought. Chase Young down for his visit and Dylan Stewart from Friendship Collegiate Academy in D.C. It's just like you can hang out with Chase Young, you can get free tickets to the, uh, whatever they're calling themselves now, the Washington football team, which is where they should have stayed. You have Chase Young's coach and it's D.C. It's not Alabama, it's not Texas, it's not any of these other kind of places. Obviously those schools are going to come up there, but going from D.C. to Columbus is very easy where it's much harder to get these guys out of the South, which we've talked about before. And I've had my complaints about Larry Johnson as of recent. But a lot of the complaints that we talked about is he just doesn't get the guys from the South, right? He gets yep. the guys from Ohio, right? JT was in Seattle. He gets guys from Washington. He gets them from Chicago. He gets them when they're up north. But when they're in Bama, when they're in Georgia, when they're in Texas, when they're in the southern states, he has problems getting those guys, which whatever. You can say Florida. I can't remember the last really, really yeah, good and guy from Florida. If, if you think about Washington, D.C., you really are choosing between the SEC and the Big Ten, like. And it's and not going to be Maryland. Is, I just made that drive, bro. It's six hours. Yeah, it's <laughs> not far away. So it's really... And he probably doesn't live in D.C. He probably goes there because of the school. I know a lot of people in Maryland, and they travel to go to school. They take the bus and different things. Yeah. Like, one of my friends lived in Maryland, and he went to school in Virginia. He went to a private school in Virginia for baseball. So he probably actually lives in Maryland, which is closer to DC than DC because DC is the end. It's it's closest to the water or whatever. Yeah. So like it's probably like five and a half, six hours to his 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 family can drive and or fly very, very easily. Yeah. So last year he had sixteen sacks. Um Jesus. Which in high school, I mean you only get so many opportunities. Um so that number is absurd. Yeah. It's weird to think that they get all three. And I want to head my bets and say that they don't. But when one of them's from Chicago, one of them's from D.C. and can hang out with Chase Young, and the other guy just loved his visit, it's like, I don't know. I'm going butts for all three. Yeah, I think I'm going to go two out of three. I think they get Houston. I think they get um, Lightfoot. I'm not sure about Stewart. Um... And that's that's not because they won't get him. I'm just not sure. He's got – I think he's just getting the world tour treatment, and that always kind of makes it harder to decipher. That's fair. I'm going to go with Bucks. I just – I think the Chase Young – Chase Young loves the Buckeyes too, man. I think – you get Chase Young in your ear. You get yeah, a box. Yeah, he might be going. It might be illegal, he but you get a box. 
I mean, to, to a game or two with your family, with your girl, you know, it's, oh. Yeah, you get a guy, you know, go into, um, I mean, Friendship Academy, it's not too far away from where the the commanders play. You can just pop over, see what's up. Um, NFL players get high school games all the time. It's not weird. Right, so. All right, Peyton Woodward, the field. Fix that one. Um, no offense to him. He's, I just think he's going He's going to Georgia. Um, he's committed to Georgia. He's going to Georgia. Um, but, yeah, there's like six guys that visited last weekend who are going close. Um, Jordan Johnson Rebel. I, I think Johnson Rebel is going to Texas. He's another DB who's a safety, but I think Ohio State's still in on him. He's from IMG Academy. Michigan's still in on him, but I think he's Texas. Um, so he's out. So, yeah, overall safety recruiting, we're in a good place. Uh, we just need Reggie Powers to commit, and then um, we're right about that too. Um, next on the list, uh, we've got Brandon Baker. Um, no idea, but I'm going Buckeyes just because it sounds good. Offensive tackle from California, modern day, and nobody out there recruits tackles good. Just do it. Yeah, I think I'm going with the field here. Um, it's funny. I love when I click on a recruits page and every single school on the list is warm. Um, I, I think he it's it's between Oregon, USC, and Ohio State in my eyes. Um, if I was him, I'd choose Ohio State because, you know, looking at the other teams that have been recruiting him heavily, you know, at Michigan, they probably already got their good linemen and they're going to take guys in the transfer portal anyway, so they probably won't get on the field. Georgia, you know, cool, great, you know, whatever. Um, USC, they when's the last time they had a great tackle? Question mark. So Oregon had Penny Sewell. Um, that's who Ohio State's competing against. We had Paris Johnson. So I'm going to go with equal playing field there between those two. Um, modern day, I wouldn't cancel out Michigan um, just because I just feel like that's the type of school. And, and, you know, being from Southern California, maybe I'm a little biased. I'm not a big fan of modern day. So, you know, you take those steps. I'm not a fan of Michigan. Bad things happen to me when I don't like things. So, um, yeah, I, I just, just it, it, I hear it, I think it's, I, I don't know if it's a field, but I'm going to go with the field. <laughs> That's fair. I think I'm just hi- trying to hype it up because, you know, our guy Fry needs to get his guy. And this would, be, this, would be the, this would be the guy that, that yeah. like, he can actually do this. So, if Justin the Ohio Fry- great. He's great in Ohio. Like, I don't think he's ever going to miss an Ohio committee once. But he needs to get one of these guys. If just the California Fry- connection, like. Lifetime contract. Uh, 100p. <laughs> Um, next on the list, who do we have? Oh, uh, Gordy Lambert. If you want to see a guy you can't get a read on, just go pull up his 24-7 sports picture. This guy is not messing around. He has no time for games. He's from West Roxbury, Massachusetts. Ohio State is competing against Notre Dame and Boston College for this one. Notre Dame's leading the way with a crystal ball. But I looked at who put the crystal ball in. It's Tom Loy. Um, that crystal ball is worthless. Yeah. 
like, I don't know, man. Ohio State's like ultra four and with Massachusetts recruits, and I predicted that they were going to get all of them, and they didn't. And I'm like, who would they go to? And they're in Massachusetts and not Ohio. There's no one over there. And then they go to, like, freaking Miami or something. So I'm going to say the field because we just aren't getting Massachusetts recruits right now. And I don't know why in, like, four straight classes Massachusetts have had Ohio State-level players when, like, the previous ten they haven't. I don't know what's going on in that in that state right now. But Ohio State is not doing good. Yeah, I'm going to go with the field as well on Lambert. Uh, I think Ohio State's pretty set in their class. And oh, I think they're not their top-level guy. They need, a, they need a top-level guy. Yeah, and I, I just don't think I, – I think I'm higher on Baker right now than I would be Lambert. And that could change pretty quick. But um, I, I just think Brandon Baker is kind of one of those recruits who's very excited to see every place. So every time he talks about a place, he's equally as excited about it. And Gorby Lambert's on the opposite side of the equation. And I'm not saying he hates every visit he takes or anything like that. But what it feels like he's giving off is it's going to be a very personal decision for him. He is going to um, he's going to take his time with this one. He's one of those guys who uh, is mature beyond his years, um, as most old people would say, because he doesn't talk and he's just very even keel. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I hope we get one of them. Otherwise, I'm going to have to start having some concerns about Fry. I mean, I guess not. We do have one guy that's pretty highly rated. I, I can't think of his name right now. Ian Moore. Yeah, so yeah. maybe not. But I, it would be nice for him to get one of these guys. It's just, we right this is obviously a position we've talked about time and time again where evaluation is so important. Um, I think Brandon Baker, I evaluated him. He's really good at football. I think um, the few clips I've seen of Warby Lambert, um, he's good. Um, there's not a lot about the kid. Um, he's from Massachusetts. You really can't evaluate that level of football. But I'm just going to let you know, if it's between Boston College and Ohio State, sorry, Jeff Hafley. We'll see your boy in Columbus. Right. And also Notre Dame, Mike. Uh, he is going to a Catholic school, which always throws a wrench into those types of plans. His high school's name is literally Catholic Memorial. Hmm. Well, that makes it tough. Um, so that's that's Gordy Lambert. Um, all right, this is the last part of this. We've got Order Roulette. Um, there are four corner recruits that have been completely tied to Ohio State's pursuit of corners this this off season. We've got Bryce West from Cleveland. Uh, it's Glendale. Yeah, uh, Aaron Scott. He's from uh, Southern Ohio. Um, Out near Dayton. Yeah, down Springfield, near Dayton. actually. Springfield. Uh, Kobe Black is from Texas, and Xavier Brown from our day. Um, I've got this pick two of the four because I think I have two that I think we're gonna get, and they are both. Um, I, I think we get three, but I'm gonna pick two. Um, I've got Bryce West, Kobe Black as the guarantees on locking them in the class. So, yeah, if we're gonna do guarantees and not like who you want, I'm gonna go with Bryce West and Kobe Black. 
if you're going who you want, I would say Aaron West, Cody Black. They're the two and the three. Aaron West is from Ohio. Um, but I do think we get three overall because I think that I think it's going to be really hard to not continue the Glenville connection. So you get Bryce West and then you get Aaron Scott and Kobe Black to round out your class as your top guys. But if we're only picking two, then I'm going to go with Bryce and Kobe. Yeah, I think um, with Bryce canceling his unofficial visit to Michigan, I think I'm ready to start locking him in. And honestly, just seeing the clips, they, the pictures they released of the recruiting weekend last weekend, I don't think I've had a senior recruit having that much fun at a recruiting event as Kobe Black. So it's just one of those things where I feel confident. Um, last year, Tim Walton went down to Texas and got, um, I'm blanking on his name now, uh, from Waxahachie. Um, this year's class. Uh, Calvin Simpson Hunt. Yeah, Simpson Hunt. Um, I think Tim Walton's going to go down there again and get Kobe Black, and that's my prediction. Five-star corner for Timmy. Um, if he could get Aaron Scott and those two guys, I think that is what will return this program back to being BIA. We'd love to see it. Um, but, yeah, if I had to pick two, I, I, I like Xavier Brown. We'll talk about him real quick. Um, I just think um, he is hes going to be on the West Coast. I think he's going to Oregon or USC. Um, you know, there's something about modern-day kids of where it goes that way. And to be honest, I don't know. I feel like Alabama's not dead yet. I think Ohio State's fourth right now, though, in this race. Um, I and that's just, you know, it happens sometimes. You know, not every recruit is going to love Ohio State as much as the people listening to this show. True. Um, so, I, yeah. I do think we I, – I, I'm, I'm going with the Brandon Baker from modern day, but I do not think we get Xavier. Xavier's definitely, like, I think a guy that goes to USC for whatever reason. Um, yeah, going through it, I, if I had to power rank him, it's West, it's Black, it's Scott, and then it's Brown. I think that's fair. Confidence level on how likely Ohio State is to get them. And if you get West and Black, I think that's a solid quarter class. And you keep that two and two and two and two going um, until it doesn't work anymore. Uh, But... Yeah, that's it. That's corner roulette. Um, we have the same answers because I, I just really think that's the vibe that's out there. Aaron Scott likes a lot of Michigan tweets, and Xavier Brown is uh, the West Coast kid. Like, I just feel like let's lock it in, West, Black, and then if anything else, it's a bonus to get a third guy. Yeah. I still do think we get Scott, but I think it's harder than it should be. Yeah. Um, but as we talked about with Dayton, with Cincinnati, Southern Ohio is weird. Like it's just, it's, yeah. it's just, it's not, it's not the Ohio State stronghold that Northern Ohio is. Despite yeah. Columbus being in Central Ohio, I, I, I just don't know what it is. It's, I it's, feel like I don't Ohio know. State is a little bit more connected to Cleveland and Toledo and that northern, the northern part of Ohio, more than it is the southern part of Ohio. I think for a long time, especially when we were younger, although you didn't live in Ohio, it's because all the best players came from Northern Ohio. They came from Glenville, Madison, McHenry, you know, those kind of places. And Dayton, Cincinnati, and that kind of stuff didn't really have players. And so you didn't have those connections. And so now you're getting those players. And Cincinnati's in Kentucky. Now you're getting now Cincinnati's having these 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 good players in Southern Ohio and stuff, and they're just not really feeling the love. 
and they're also on the border. Like, if you're in Springfield, you're probably a fan of Indiana teams, right? Like, Springfield, Cincinnati, they're an hour. Like, I actually yeah, think it's Cincinnati. Is pretty far away from Cincinnati. It, it's yeah, much. I, I it, it's southwest, so, or yeah, southwest Ohio. Um, Springfield's actually no, not that far Dayton away is, from Columbus, surprisingly. Dayton is southeast. Dayton and Springfield aren't far. Um, Dayton, Cincinnati, and Springfield are all in the same relative area. And then, um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it, it's been interesting because, like, you see, Wooden Woods recently put a lot of guys to Ohio State. Um, it's not just St. X and those uh, Catholic schools down in Cincinnati anymore putting out big time recruits, but I, I think that is a place where you gotta start getting into the high schools a little bit more. Yeah, I think outside of Wynn Woods, though, a lot of kids from Cincinnati in that area just don't feel Ohio State as like, well, I don't know what it is about Wynn Woods, but some of the other ones, it's just, it's not there with, with, yeah. with that. But they're also, bored. like, I mean, Springfield is, is basically on the Indiana border, and uh, Cincinnati is on the Kentucky and the Indiana border, so I think that has something to do with it as well. It is interesting, because I, I was like, there was this guy, he commented on one of the athletic articles, he's like, um, yeah, I just don't know why. Like, it, with Cincinnati's move to uh, the Big 12, will they be able to start taking Ohio State's players um, or some of these top recruits? And I was like, the only players coming into Ohio, like, from college programs that Ohio State has to worry about are the national championship contenders. There's no offense right. to Cincinnati, but Cincinnati can close the borders on Cincinnati itself in, like, maybe the surrounding, like, 40 miles. But if Ohio State's going down there, um, those kids in Cincinnati, even if they're not, um, they're, they're usually more Ohio State fans down there than there are. And one of my favorite videos that happens every year is when uh, Ohio State plays Cincinnati in a sport and some guy's like, oh, um, why are you wearing an Ohio State shirt? You go to Cincinnati. And those always crack me up. Ooh. Um, yeah, I but, think the guys yeah. that were going to go to Cincinnati would have went whether they're the AAC or the Big Twelve. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think Cincinnati's going to become a major player because they moved to the Big Twelve. Maybe if they cap Fickle, maybe, but I don't think Scott Satterfield brings him to that level. So there is that. Um, but yeah, the last thing we've got here for you guys today, twenty four seven Sports um, did the did their coach power index, whatever that means. Um, and I'm excited to read this because I haven't read it yet. Brandon Marcello did it. He does a good job for 24-7 sports, national coverage. But um, there's nothing me and Jordan like to do then look at another person's list and pick it apart. So we're going to do that together. Um, so the power index and see how this breaks down. Uh, what if you want to quantify a coach's performance? What if we could develop for you? It doesn't exist. So they made a coach rating index um, that measures on-field success. Matrix analytical data is not available publicly, but 24-7 was allowed to access that data. So they are going to look at these coaches based on how much they get paid and how much they win. Um, the database is 60, which rates as three and a half stars. So the database, um, they're transferring it from stars to the database, 90 to 100 is five stars, 80 to 89, four and a half, so on and so forth. Um, 
wow, this is just send that to me. This is just coaches. This isn't just uh, head coaches. So that's even more fun. Let's see how they did. Yeah, um, yeah I'm sending it to you right now. Um, we get a look at it. The first coach on the list. Um, you're not going to be surprised. Um, this isn't just head coaches. This is all coaches in the United States. Um, number 10 on the list, 94.77 career grade is Brian Artline, Ohio State. So, so far, big fan of this list. Brandon Marcello, you're doing a great job. Artline's recruited, developed, and coached arguably the best group of receivers in college football over the past five years. Four of his players have earned All-American honors. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, he's the offensive coordinator. Oh, he's at 10. He's not number one, though. Yeah, he's 10. Oh, so, okay. I didn't know if we said that for the people listening. Yeah, he's 10. First on the list. Um, 10 to 1. Um, good start. Good start. You think uh, yeah. in the country, Brian Hartline's the 10th best coach? Let me look at the no, because I think he's already better than some people I'm seeing on this list. So no, oh. he's better than that. <laughs> All right. Next what? on the list, yeah. we've got uh, this is at, at number nine. We've got Phil Parker at Iowa, the defense coordinator. He also oh, should be higher. We've talked about it. He might be the most underappreciated coach in the country because Iowa doesn't necessarily have a lot of trophies to talk about. But he develops talent better than anybody. He has done things that I don't think a lot of people could achieve at Iowa. And every single year, it's, his secondary is good, his linebackers are great, and he gets the most out of his defensive line. So I, I think he should be higher. I agree. I mean, I don't even know who's next. All right, so we've got Mike Ravel at eight. No, um, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, head coach play caller at Memphis in Florida State. I like Ravel. I'm, I'm higher on Ravel than most. Um, he did a good job at Memphis, which is not a great program. But Florida State hasn't been that exciting. Um, they beat. Uh, they had a fun game against Florida that I watched last year. Uh, that was cool. Um, so yeah, these are just coaches. Um, it looks like um, Del McGee, Georgia's running backs coach. Um, How long has he been there? Because if he was there when they had like the trio of like Sony Michelle. Uh, 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 God, why am I gonna forget this? Um, Todd Gurley, Nick and Chubb. Who's the guy in between? Nick Chubb. If he was there for that, then yes. So if he, he's the guy who's had, who they've had recently, then no. He had DeAndre Swift, um, Kendall Milton. Those were his recruits. Um, he hasn't developed them. Elijah Holyfield. Yeah. Zamir Rice. Or Zamir White, sorry, not Zamir White. Um, and he recruited Justin Fields to Georgia, so thank you. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's a good recruiter. Um, I don't think he is ahead of. I'm looking at some of his other positions. Like, he's gotten some solid recruits as the secondary and primary recruiter, but I, I don't know if I give him. A higher score than Brian Hart. I don't even think I'd give him a higher score than Mike Ravel. Like that guy's a head coach now. Um, yeah, so this is a weird list. I, I kind of don't get it. If I'm being honest. 
Lavar Woods, Iowa special teams coach? What? No. Pass. Not six. He probably is great at his job. Um, Tug the ball, Americans. Actually, you know what? This guy just produces kickers and butters. Irv Meyer and Jim Trestle would love this guy. Yeah, I, I still don't know that I'd put them this high on the list, although with how good their, extra t- their special teams is, I kind of get it, but like, I still have to disagree with it. Yeah, Especially because their defense is better than their special teams. So, yeah, I'd like, put if you're going to have both Iowa coaches, they basically flipped. Um, all right, next one's Bobby April III of Stanford, outside linebackers. Um, he used to coach at Wisconsin, so there were quite a good bunch of good outside linebackers there. But... Is Nick Herbig better than Marvin Harrison Jr.? Is Nick Herbig better than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave? Um, no. Positions aside, no. So, I, I, I'm, this list is getting out of hand. Lemansky Hall, defensive ends coach, um, four. That's no for me. This list is bad. Yeah, Lincoln Riley, uh, when they graded him, uh, was a 97.49 as a play caller. Um, it worked out. Um, so, yeah, that's fair. Easy. Put him at number three. Great job. Uh, Mike Tressel, um, Wisconsin linebackers coach. Uh, no. Like, he's done a good job developing players. He did a good job, but we talk about but this you're gonna all tell the time. Me what he, yeah, you're going to tell yeah. me what he did at Cincinnati is more impressive than what... He's with Well, and he's got a defensive coordinator. He's got a defensive head coach. Yeah. Luke Fickle. He worked with Marcus Freeman. Like, no offense, like, to Mike Tressel. Um, but he did a good job at Michigan State. But um, I, it's just not great. All right. And then, like, how does Nick Saban end up as number one here? Like, what is this? What is this list? Isn't he, like, the only head coach? Lincoln Riley was on here. Uh, Mike Norvell was on here. So you could have three head coaches on here. And you got So let's – all right. So this is what we're going to do now because this list was stupid. Um, Coach rating index. Um, This was horrible. Um, So it was about – when they were position coaches, the highest ratings. Um, yeah, I'm just not a fan of whatever the hell this was. Um, I thought this was going to be more fun. Go check it out. Yeah. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on the planet. Yeah, terrible. He uh, disappointing, disappointing way to end the podcast. We were, I think, we were having a pretty good show. So we were, we were really excited too. Like, I, I really think we should just for the fans just. List our top five coaches right now. I'm gonna write my top five down, <laughs> and then you write your top five down, and we go for it. Um, yeah, but overall, I don't think anyone should ever make a list like that again. I don't think we should find a way to evaluate coaches based on analytics. There's one way, and when you do that, you have to tell people how you did it. Yeah, you can't yeah. say that's how. That's what ESPN does with like FPI and all the things that they make up. Yeah, how did you come to it? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, I've almost got my list done. 
Um, this is, this is just, I'm sorry guys, this was a bad segment by me. I should have looked at the list first. I thought it was going to be more fun not looking at the list because I thought it was just going to be head coaches. That's on me. Even if it was coordinators, it would have been fun, but, um, it just, it just wasn't. Yeah. I also think you need to, I, I think maybe let's not do it. And maybe next week and then the week after, we rank our top coordinators one week and then we rank our top coaches the week after. And yeah. we do like a larger segment. Yeah. My number one coach, I'll just give you guys a hint just as a preview for next week, Nick Saban. Um, and then you guys can learn three through five. How about we do, yeah. let's do top 10 head coaches next week and then. The week after, we'll do top five offensive coordinators and top five defense coordinators. Beautiful. And that's how we're going to make it up to you guys. Hopefully, there's some news. Um, but is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, Bryce Simpson on the draft, where you think he's going to end up? He's on right oh, now. We're going to know. I know you're going to say Lakers, and I'd be fine with that because Braun's there. But if I had to pick a team that I rooted for, it'd be the Heat. And what do they need? A primary ball carrier. They need a so bucket. I'm going to go Lakers or Heat. One of the need two. It. I don't care. They need a bucket. One. They do. The only thing, oh. the only problem I have with the Lakers is Lakers really need a three point shooter because LeBron's always going to be the primary ball handler, even though he doesn't want to be. So yeah. like, I would be fine with him going to the Lakers, but I really don't think that. I think they need a three and D guy personally. Um, yeah, I so think, I think uh, the Heat actually need Bryce. If the Lakers, they, they don't need get, no more threes. They need Bryce. If the Lakers can get Jalen Hood, Shafino, I'm good with that. Um, if the if uh, Bryson's ball falls past the Lakers, I'm just looking at the draft order right now. Um, it is definitely. I don't know. I, I like your pick with the Heat. Um, other than that, I, I really don't like any of the other landing spots after this. I, I don't want to wish Utah on anybody, but I think he could add some fun to that lineup. Um, don't I just may hopefully not go to uh, Golden State because I think uh, I think he'll fit in very well there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, overall, Ohio State has. Not been that busy. That's why we had a recruiting show. Shout out to Jalen McClain. Super professional there by me. My bad, guys. The Lakers took Jalen Ochefino. Blocked it. I called that live on the show. Send me my money, everybody. Uh, any other college football stories we missed this week? Oh, what the hell was that with the college football video game? I didn't even see that, to be honest with you. Um, the college football video game won't be impacted by recent NIL lawsuit. That's all that matters. Just nailed that here. Um, so there was a complaint the Brander Group filed, and it does not have any merit, according to EA Sports. The game is on track and is a priority. I don't like to hear that word, a priority. It should be the priority for EA yeah. Sports. Um, also, cool. like, the, the players could just not be in it. That's fine. We don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? If we need a year or two to figure this out, you know what? I'm good with I'm, it. And then you can back pay I'm, all the players. Yeah. I'm, you I'm, I'm sorry that $500 isn't enough when other people would do it for free because it's literally everyone's dream to be in a video game. Screw yeah. you, respectfully. And disrespectfully. Yeah. And like, honestly, if you're not face scanned in the game, you shouldn't get paid. Yeah, but they're gonna, energy, energy. So like, they're gonna pay them all. But might be a little bit of hater energy, but um, yeah, no. I mean, I could go play with Justin Fields right now. 
do it. I I have. I, the last thing I have to say before we check out, other than you know, go Bucks. I just executed a trade in my uh, Madden, so now I have Justin Fields, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I did. I actually did not do that on purpose. They just like I had JSN, and the other two were just offered to me in trades with uh, like when I was trying to get rid of older players. So now I have the, the like, I have the whole Ohio State team. So I'll just go play Madden. <laughs> like, um, yeah, and then I don't know if you're familiar with the college basketball or the college baseball, the college world series jello shot um, count, but LSU is definitely good at one thing for sure, and it is is drinking jello shots. Yeah, I, don't, I, I saw that. I don't really know the reference to it. I don't know where it came from or why it exists, but I did see that they had a crazy, crazy lead. And also, you know, I get it. Like, I actually I don't get this at all. This is actually this is what I was going to complain about about it. You're the owner of Canes, right? You're super rich. You've got this really successful restaurant franchise. You know your alma mater is going to break the record purely, and I know you just wanted to do it to be nice to everybody, but, like, you can't. You added an asterisk. You spent $6,000 on jello shots. Like, come on. That's crazy. You could have waited until he broke the record and said, hey, here's $6,000 more of jello shots, everybody. But Although, just I mean, if attention. they were being offered in canes with a meal, I mean, I'd accepted it, so. Yeah. Um, last thing, uh, Titanic submarine story. That was crazy. Come on now. Like, you could have just watched the movie. Yeah. We really had to go down there in a tube that wasn't safe to check. Like, what are we doing? Literally. Like, it wasn't actually a submarine. Like, um, yeah, it is a, it's a sad story. Um, and as we know, with sad stories, the internet has to meme it out. Um, and it's been spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. But also, hey, the, I only feel bad. I, this might be pretty dark, but I only feel bad for the 19-year-old, if I'm being honest. He like, honestly, he's like, bought the ticket, and he's like, man, it's a $250,000 ticket. Like, I feel sick. Yeah. I probably can't say no. Everyone that's else the same was, thing that. That's the same thing that was said in my, and like, where I'm at, so. But everything else, so those four other people definitely decided this was their dream. This is what they wanted to do. Um, yeah, for sure. And then the last thing about that, I'm never going into a submersible. I'm just not going to do it. I never wanted to, but I'm absolutely not now. So I don't need to see the Titanic. It's not that important to me. Uh, I can't. And this is the one I know thing. what happens. Yeah. Also, that's a mass grave. It's not just the boat. That's a mass grave. Yeah. Um, and also, it is a disaster. Like, it is bad vibes. 100%. The Titanic Kid and Iceberg insane. And you're going to risk going into those same waters Literally. just to see it. Like, that's just like, you're going into bad vibes. This thing. I would never do that. But it's like those people who just like voluntarily go into haunted houses. It's like I'm just I just don't need to do that. It's just not for me. Um, but yeah, I mean we're running out of stuff. It's June 22nd. It is bad out. Um, we've literally got like six more days of good stuff coming out. Um, also, you know what? Hayes Fawcett, stop telling us that Ohio State's recruiting is going to shoot up. Let's get some commitment dates locked in, then you can tell us. Honestly. Um, I miss when they did the booms afterwards. Don't pre-boom me. Yeah, now I'm looking for it. Yeah. And when I don't see it, or when it's someone I don't think it's supposed to be, then I just get a little disappointed. And 
should be excited about every recruit committing, but you know, once you start hyping up a recruit and that's not the boom, it's like, ah, oh, well, who's that guy? No. Exactly. And that's just this point. It's better when you don't know, and then you're like, boom, that's awesome. Recruit. But Right. Um yeah, that's all I got. Um, follow me at Chris Rennie CFB. Um, you can follow the show at Fuck Up Pod. A little bit shorter for you guys this week. But we've got some traveling and stuff. We've got a lot of very little news, honestly. So um, that's all I got. You can follow me at JordanW330. As always, the Bucks. We will see you guys next week.